Kelly Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 22, Megan Silvera. So I'm super excited today to sit down and talk with Megan Silvera. Um, Megan is a fellow Californian who has decided to get a little taste of the Southern life as well um, by relocating uh, for uh, her studies. Um, But like I said, super excited to talk uh, with Megan today and kind of I'll give her a minute to talk to her about herself and then I'll kind of give you guys some background on how we know each other and stuff like that. So Megan, if you would not mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your story just to get things started here. Perfect. So like Ali said, my name is Megan Silvera and I am originally from Denair, California. I grew up uh, raising Black Angus cattle and showing quarter horses. We even had a little boar goat time spent in there. But basically my time in the ag industry in California led me to a college education at Oklahoma State University. I graduated last May with bachelor's degrees in agricultural communications and agribusiness, and I am now in my third semester of graduate school pursuing a master's degree in ag communications again. Um, And while I'm doing that, I'm also running my own little freelance business on the side called Silver Lining Media, as well as working as the assistant editor of the Angus Journal. So you've got a lot going on. <laughs> Always. <laughs> right? As everyone else these days. <laughs> um, so just kind of a quick little background story. Um, if you have been listening or watching for a while now, um, you may have seen my interview with Janine Del Porto, and that is actually Megan's aunt. Um, Megan and I met way back when, when we were both <laughs> showing um, through the Del Porto family um, and traveling all over the place, showing cattle and um, knowing each other that way. So Megan and I go way back. It's so awesome to see how kind of your growth from <laughs> us, like little in the show ring. Um, and now you're getting your master's and, uh, in a graduate program and running your own business and working for, uh, the Angus journal, which is crazy to me. That's um, <laughs> <It> really is. <laughs> congratulations on all of that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. But so let's quickly, I want to talk about, uh, grad school. So What's kind of your focus in your program and all that right now? So I, like I said, I chose to pursue my master's in agricultural communications. Mm -hmm. And my main focus going in, truthfully, I I took my position in grad school before I was working for the Angus Journal. And truthfully, I was hoping to kind of condition myself um, for a position like what I ended up getting with them. Journalism and photography has always been two of my favorite parts of ad communications, and I knew that hopefully I wanted to work in some sort of editing position in the future. So when I headed into grad school, it was with the intent of developing myself for the career that I saw in my future. Um, So I've been, like I said, focusing a lot on the photography journalism side. I also have been fortunate enough to have what they call an assistantship at grad school here at OSU while I do that which is basically where I work for an organization on campus. Um, They help me with attending grad school, but it's also just a little more practical application of my skills. Um, So what I've been doing is I'm the social media and communications graduate assistant at the agricultural and product and food product center that we have on campus. So it's not only helping me stay involved in the ag industry, but also just kind of teaching me to put the skills I've learned at OSU to use. 
Very cool. So also probably kind of showing you a different side of the whole agricultural communications thing. Most well. definitely. Yeah. Cause you know, I grew up with production agriculture, so it was kind of the livestock side, what it takes to get an animal from the point of birth to the production process. But that was basically where my experience stopped was once I handed it over to the processing facilities, I was kind of out of the equation. So this has really opened my eyes to the actual food processing side, not just with a carcass material, but also all the way up till getting something on the grocery store shelves. So that's been really interesting for me. That's super cool. And is it more, I know you said you mentioned you're running their social media. Is it more promotion for kind of their um, facilities and uh, what's the word, center? Or is it kind of educational as far as like an educational tool through social media? I know there's kind of, is everything kind of <laughs> together these days, but I was going to say, it is an interesting combination because while the center I work for is on the OSU campus, it's not necessarily tied to the academic side of the university. However, I do try and um, shape a lot of our social media campaigns to be able to help educate people because we want to not only just inform the public more about what we do, um, but also teach them, you know, just how to better kind of navigate the world of food. So when you go to the grocery store, if you were going to, for instance, buy some cuts of meat, um, how do you identify what is the best? How do you know what you should be buying or even what to do with it when you get home? So I've had a lot of rain to be able to kind of shape it whatever direction I want. And I've tried to find the healthy balance between just showing insight on what we do, but also helping people feel like they're get growing as a consumer. Yeah, that's a, a very good point that I'm glad you brought up because I think um, with social media and all of the craziness that it involves from a creator standpoint, um, sometimes that can kind of get lost in translation as far as the goal behind it all. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that. As far as your own little personal business, I know you kind of quickly touched on in the beginning, where, how did that kind of develop and where did that come from? <laughs> That's a, such a funny question and kind of a funny story, truthfully. So part of uh, my like senior classes here at OSU, we have a web design class where you are able to create your own website for yourself. And it's supposed to just kind of be this online portfolio. And when I was first getting into the class, I'd just fallen in love with photography. I just got out of an internship with the American Angus Association where I learned that I really liked journalism. So I felt like I was having all these tools at my disposal, but I was like, what could I really be able to do with them? So I took that online portfolio project and I said, you know, I think I just might see what happens if I make this a business. And over the course of that class, I kind of gained enough confidence to just develop a Facebook page and Instagram. I now have a Twitter, but I was like, let's see if I can't grow this a little bit. And truthfully, I've just been very fortunate to be able to not only know enough people in the livestock industry that I've made connections between being able to do freelance writing work, but I also have enough friends here at OSU that are in need of like senior pictures that I've been able to grow that photography side as well. So a lot of it was just kind of finding the confidence to put myself out there and then being fortunate enough to have a really strong support system that pushed me along the way. So yeah, and you have incredible photography skills. I mean, just you. through all of the things that you post or when you do senior pictures or something, I'm always like, wow, like she does an excellent job. Um, but that's super cool because I feel like you've been able to kind of take from a, a it's always great when you can use a class project, right? And then it turns into something else. Mm -hmm. um, but you've used it to kind of bring your um, passions together, I guess, and kind of create something for yourself. Um, so that's awesome. 
And then as far as um, you said, you know, you do some freelance writing and all that kind of stuff. So have you been like, do you have certain pieces that are kind of been picked up and stuff like that or still kind of in the works of all that? It's been a lot. I definitely have taken a step back lately because I've started my thesis research for grad school. Um, so combine the thesis project with my job on campus and my job for Angus. I am really dedicated to giving everything I do 110%, which means sometimes you have to take a step back and say, okay, maybe not so many projects going on all at once. Um, But I was previously connected with quite a few different um, online magazines or newsletters such as that, that I was just working like particularly on a monthly basis for them here and there. But um, I had had articles obviously posted in the journal. Um, There's a publication called Tri-State Livestock News that was really helpful. The big one I was writing for a lot was actually a California publication. Kelly Toledo works with a magazine called The Best of the West. Um, So thankfully, I was able to connect with her and write a few articles. But basically, it was just kind of broadcasting what I was doing and seeing if anyone had a need and then going with the flow and taking every opportunity that kind of came my way. Yeah. And for your pieces, is it mostly like what's your focus? Is it livestock? Is it what's kind of your your go to, I guess? I typically prefer livestock pieces, and I think people knew that when we were first connecting about things. So a vast majority of it has been strictly on the beef industry, but I've had a little bit of an opportunity, especially with the world's current situation, to kind of venture into more like um, human interaction stories and what like feed companies or big ranches are doing to deal with the pandemic or how they're reaching out to other businesses. So uh, mostly livestock based, but like I said, I was open to writing anything and everything because my favorite part about writing is not only sharing the stories of others, but also I always learn so much every time. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I pick up a new subject matter. Yeah, absolutely. And so in kind of conjunction with the writing situation and writing of a thesis, how is all that going? I know that can be crazy stressful and (laughs) it's going I was gonna say we're just we move forward every single day Um, I've got a really great team here at OSU on my committee that is helping me stay focused um, because I'm doing a lot of things with my thesis that I really truthfully have no idea what's going on we're utilizing eye tracking technology um, to analyze the layout of a website page right now So it's very out of my comfort zone, but it's something I'm so interested in and I'm super excited to get this data collected and see the results and learn as an individual as we go along. But stressful, but good is how I would describe the whole process. That's super interesting. So, and I know sometimes you can't share information about certain projects like that, but what can you share about that? Like, how did that kind of come about and how did that become your thesis? So my original thought going into grad school was to somehow work my assistantship at our food and ag product center into my thesis. I said that just makes sense to not only give the center back some information that might be useful, but also just to make the best use of my time here on campus. And things were constantly shifting, especially after the pandemic first struck and things were getting shut down. So I was kind of on this never ending cycle of here's an idea. Is this going to work? No, it's not. How can we turn that into something that could work? 
And what ended up happening is OSU rebranded a few months ago. And with the rebrand, we were actually having to switch platforms for our website at the center. And I said, you know, that might be really cool if we do something along the lines of testing the website's usability and user friendliness. And my committee chair, uh, Dr. Dwayne Cartmel, um, started talking about this really cool eye tracking technology. He was like, we don't really use uh, some of this that much. Would you be interested in giving it a try, seeing what happens and letting FAPSI, uh, the center, test it out? And I was like, let's, let's give it a whirl and see what happens. So it's been a really cool opportunity. And like I said, I'm just really excited to, to see what all the results come out to be. Yeah, how interesting. That is something that I would never have thought about, but I'm sure it has a huge impact as far as the layout and design of things. How cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, as far, so again, switching kind of areas of discussion, but so let's talk about your role with Angus Journal. And if you don't mind, maybe for some of the people who are listening or viewing this, just kind of describing what the Angus Journal is um, for maybe people who are not familiar kind of with livestock or breed associations and that kind of stuff. Of course. So the Angus Journal is tied to the Black Angus breed and the American Angus Association. Basically, we are the seed stock publication for the breed. So we're trying to promote um, different hot topics within the industry, not only within the breed of Angus cattle, but also within the entire um, industry and all cattle producers. But like I said, we are the seed stock fo focused version, which means we're focusing mainly on the show cows, like the fluffy cows, if people have seen pictures, but don't really know what seed stock means. Um, and then we have a sister publication called uh, the Angus Beef Bulletin, which is for the commercial cattle producers. So we're one half or at least just one portion of a large attempt to uh, reach and connect with Angus breeders across the nation. Right. And so through your role, what exactly like what does a day look like maybe for you? Yes. So right now things are so incredibly unique for me as the assistant editor because I was blessed with a really amazing opportunity to be able to stay in Oklahoma and finish my graduate program while simultaneously serving as the assistant editor for the journal. Um, but on an average day, I have to go in and do my work on OSU's campus, potentially go to classes here and there, depending on my schedule. But then when I get home in the afternoons, I sit down and I log into my Angus work. And that really is such a wide variety of tasks. Um, I'm really fortunate to be able to go on different story trips sometimes where I go and actually meet with producers, interview them, take pictures of their operation for publication. Um, but in addition to that, I write stories. I have several columns that I'm in charge of either writing myself or collecting information from other authors, um, help editing every single page of the journal each month as we go through the publication process. And then really unique to me, actually, as the assistant editor is, again, I manage all of our social media pages. So we have a Facebook, a Twitter, and an Instagram that I completely have uh, the uh, responsibility of managing the content for all three of those pages. So in a very quick, short story, those are uh, quite a few of my jobs as the assistant editor. So you're a busy, busy gal. You got a lot yeah. of irons in the fire right now. That is for sure. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> and was this something that like you had a dream, like I want to work for the Angus Journal or was it something like kind of a, just a unique opportunity that came up? How did all that happen? 
So when I first came to OSU for school, I'll be very honest with you, I had no idea whatsoever what I wanted to do. Um, I thought ad communications would be a good fit because I really liked public speaking. Um, I was super into writing. So I said, we'll just run with it and see what happens. And I got through about a year and a half of my program and I was like, okay, I don't really have any clear vision of what my future should be. So maybe I'll start applying for some internships. And lo and behold, I found the editorial intern position with the Angus Journal. I applied and I was fortunate enough to be offered that position. Um, growing up in the Black Angus industry, I obviously was really familiar with the publication and with the association. I thought this could be a really awesome opportunity to hopefully help clear some things up in my mind and develop some connections. But the three short months that I spent in St. Joseph, Missouri with the association were like the three best months of my entire life. <laughs> and I know it was funny because I, I always felt like people thought I was just saying what they wanted to hear. But truthfully, like I loved every moment as an intern. And I remember I called my parents like honestly a week into my internship. And I was like, you guys, like I have found my dream job. Like I know that this is what I was, what I, what I need to do. Like this is just it. There we go. And so I moved all the way through my internship, came back, I was finishing up schooling. And like I said, I decided to tackle grad school and um, a portion of my way through grad school, I received a call from my friend that had the position I'm now in. And she said, just so you know, like this is becoming available. And I thought, you know what? I, I know that my situation's not ideal, but I just, I can't not apply. Mm -hmm. I need them to know how interested I am and that this is what I want. And that even if it doesn't work out now, down the road, they'll be seeing me again. But like I said, thankfully, I was really blessed with the opportunity to take up the position. And once I graduate next May, I will be moving to Missouri full time to be able to start working full time with the journal. And I am just really excited about that. Okay, that was going to be my next question, if you were going to relocate uh, once you were kind of done at OSU. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've, you've lived there, so you kind of have an idea of the lay of the <laughs> land, um, but a whole, new, a whole new place, a whole new state, and a whole new... A new chapter. <laughs> yep, a whole new chapter. There you go. Perfect. Um, great. I mean, that's, I mean, it couldn't have been uh, really better, I guess, really in the stuff oh, no. that feels, worked. Feels like a dream, honestly. Sometimes I'm like, I can't believe this is working out exactly how I would like it to. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that, right? When the plan <laughs> you can't is, complain. You just <laughs> roll with the plan. <laughs> yes. So what's been kind of your favorite part of your role thus far? I mean, I know it's still kind of new and everything, but <laughs> Uh, maybe something you've worked on or a story you've done or anything like that? I always love writing. Like I said, that's kind of my biggest passion and just the opportunity to go meet face-to-face -face with breeders across the country. I love to travel, so I have gotten to see so many new places, but it blows my mind too how different cattle production is in honestly even just different states learning so much about how they do things and why they do things the way they are is a really amazing opportunity. But truthfully, like the satisfaction I find in my job is getting to convey the passion that I have and the passion I know the people that I meet with have into the written word to then be shared with everyone across the nation so that they can see what it truly means to be a member of like the Angus family or the cattle industry. And that's honestly probably been one of my favorite parts. I love the challenge of social media as well, like just being able to reach as many people as possible. But my, my real favorite thing is having the opportunity to tell the stories of other breeders. Yeah, and I think that's such a unique thing 
with social media and with marketing and with communications and all of that is not only being able to tell your own story, but also be able to share other people's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, going with that, like, so obviously you're heavily involved in marketing and communications for the agriculture industry, the livestock industry. Um, but how do you kind of see the importance of sharing those stories and kind of the impact um, that it has on both the consumer and producer side, I guess? I know it's a word we all hear so often, like in the agriculture industry, but I am a big proponent of transparency. I think honesty with the people buying our product is so important because I think so often we get caught up in thinking they only want to know like the nitty gritty or like what it comes down to right before it reaches the shelves. But to me, the most beautiful part about what we do as agriculturists and the part that people who don't know anything about us are going to be able to connect with best is truthfully the love we have for it. If you're involved in agriculture at all, you know that it's not just something you go do just because. It's something you literally live and breathe for. So I think that's the key component to being able to connect with others, whether they're outside of the agriculture industry or just in another sector. I think that's what really binds us all together. And I think both print media and digital media really gives us unique opportunities to kind of bridge the gap between those that don't typically see behind the veil and see what's really going on. So I think if we fully grasp each of those opportunities, we can just bring people into the fact where they can see what we do. It's not always about making them understand, but at least just giving them the opportunity to see what it is that's going on. Yeah, I think that's a really important point um, that you just brought up, just because, like you said, I mean, obviously education and all that is great and facts and statistics and all that kind of stuff. But if they don't trust you or they don't kind of maybe understand where they're coming from, then their kind of form of understanding on the higher level is just sometimes not there. And then really just, I think the connection is the biggest, the biggest thing in some of these situations, Um, just to build some trust and be able to connect on, Hey, we're all people, we all have to eat. And this is just how, where, how and where your food is kind of coming from. Um, I think that's the key word though, that you said is like trust and they don't get that through the facts or the statistics like that. Trust is built through the fact that they can see that we are human at the end of the day. We're not people just going out to get a paycheck. Like we have this real passion for it. And I think that is where the trust comes from. Yeah. And that's one thing I think even personally I've struggled with as far as like, how do I attack this whole consumer education thing? And how do you bust through that wall of like, the producer side and the consumer side. And I think just as I've talked to people, the more it boils down to is exactly what you said, just being transparent and showing that we're all just people. Mm-hmm. Um, but great. So as far as kind of your, well, okay, you, we've talked about your role and all of that. What is maybe something you, well, here, okay, you're a young woman in agriculture and you have, you know, you're finishing up your studies maybe how has your role as a woman and a woman in this kind of whole communications marketing world, like how has that been an impact or how has that kind of had a role in how you've done things, I guess? Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's kind of a deep question. (laughs) As I stare off into the distance here to think (laughs) of how to tackle that. Um, I felt really blessed. First off, my parents are really awesome, but I think when they raised me, they never really said, 
you know, you have to be tough because you are a woman. Mm-hmm. They just said, you know, you have to be tough if you're going to be in the agriculture industry. Like that just has to be what it is. So growing up, I never really saw myself like defined as certain, like, you know, I'm a woman, so I have to do things this way, or I'm a girl. So this is how it's going to be, or I have to compensate for something. I just always knew no matter how I was looking at it, I wanted to be the best that I can be. But certainly as I've gotten older, you know, that does come in to play. And it's something that I am so proud of, Um, especially because I feel like agriculture is often kind of viewed as like a male driven world. But truthfully, women are such a powerful force um, everywhere you look in agriculture, especially I'm not going to lie with the communications and marketing side of things. So I think I have a really unique opportunity to not only kind of help people outside of the agriculture world see that women are a force to be reckoned with in the industry, but also within the industry, because, you know, as I'm going out and representing the journal, I'm meeting with producers, meeting with all sorts of people, men and women alike, but I am representing Uh, my gender and the American Angus Association, you know, and just showing that for all facets, we uh, are still powerful. We have a role and we are able to hold our own and represent ourselves in the industry that we care so much about. Yeah, I could not have said it better myself, Megan. I think that is a perfect, perfect way to kind of sum all of that up. Um, So just kind of based on time, not to kind of cut things short here, um, but Last kind of question, and then um, we'll kind of figure out where we people can connect with you. Um, but if you had to just kind of share one piece of information with somebody who maybe wasn't involved in the agricultural industry, um, you know, either about your role or the industry or anything, what would, what would maybe that be? I would probably just always urge people to never be afraid to reach out. I think that is one thing too, that if you aren't familiar with the ag industry, it's scary to admit that you don't know what's going on. I know I struggle with that myself, even having grown up in agriculture. It's very hard sometimes to just verbally admit, you know, I don't understand what it is that we're talking about. Um, But I think that's the most important part. Being a communications major, I am all about the spoken word and how we communicate with each other. But it's all about being able to, you know, admit if there are some questions or some uncertainties. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to bridge the gap between anyone is just being able to first say, can you talk about that a little more? Mm -hmm. Well, in in the age of technology that we're in right now, right? I mean, how easy it to send somebody a DM or write a comment or whatever to Mm -hmm. kind of get some more information. So excellent, excellent point. Uh, Megan, where can people kind of connect with you if they are wanting to maybe read some of your work or connect with the Angus Journal or whatever it may be? So I was going to say, I don't want to overwhelm everyone, but being (laughs) involved in so many different things, I do have a lot of ways that you can find me or get a hold of me. Um, But first, my personal self, I have um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I'm Megan Silvera. And typically somewhere along the way on all those pages, you can find either shared posts or directions guiding you to my own personal pages or my work pages. Um, And that would be through Silver Lining Media, the Angus Journal, and then my work at school is called the Robert M. Kerr Food and Agricultural Products Center. (laughs) So like I said, I know that's a mouthful, but there's tons of different ways to be able to connect with me or with the different works that I'm playing a part in. Awesome. And I will be sure to tag all of those locations um, in the description and um, the, the episode notes for the, the podcast. So um, Megan, thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule to chat with me. I appreciate it. And um, I, I'm so glad that we got to sit down and do this finally. Me too. Thank you for having me.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AgChicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our AgChicks channel. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.